You are listening to Defunct Games Presents Cyril Reed's Bionic Commando. Previously on Cyril Reed's Bionic Commando. After successfully defeating the evil Nas organization, Jack Markson and his partner, Super Joe, were ready to celebrate their victory. But Generalissimo killed and his bad terrorist group had other ideas. Using ninjas and snipers, killed ruined their day and kidnapped Super Joe. Thankfully, Jack was able to escape, but not before suffering some major injuries with his arm. The Federation may have been able to save Jack, but they were forced to remove his arm and attach a plastic bionic arm that will aid him in his quest to defeat Kilt and rescue Super Joe. Already, he's managed to escape becoming a Jack Sandwich, fought off a giant squid tangled with fighter jets, and defeated a evil man-eating plant. No, I'm not joking. Right now, he, Tiger, and Heather have all teamed up to rescue Super Joe and defeat Kilt. Find out how this plan goes with another exciting episode of Zero Reads Bionic Commando. Chapter 13 Jack waited until the black curtain of night fell over stage 5 to make his descent from the chopper. He'd spent an hour poring over Tiger's map of the installation. The kid had drawn two towers filled with horizontal ledges and trap doors. Heather had been right. Stage 5 didn't look like a whole lot of fun. He'd need all his strength and a lot of skill just to get through it alive. His black parachute swooped down through the night sky like a giant bat. Jack landed noisily on the ground and crept towards the entrance Tiger had told him about. In the shadows of the night, he saw it. A huge statue of Kilt sculpted from black marble. Jack shuddered at the very idea of Kilt taking over the world. Suddenly, Jack lost all fear of his own safety. All he cared about was destroying Kilt and rescuing Super Joe. The world wouldn't be worth living with Kilt as its dictator anyway. Jack twisted a ring on the statue's hand, just as Tiger had told him. Like magic, the statue moved forwards, revealing an entrance to stage five. Jack slipped through just as the statue locked into its place. A passage led to a tall vertical shaft, with Jack recognized from Tiger's map of the tower, topped by a communication room. He had to get up to that room in order to contact the Federation double agent in charge of this sector. Jack checked the wide gun in its holster across his back. It had enough power to knock out heavy artillery. He hoped he wouldn't have to use it. Jack shot out his grappling hook and began his ascent from one ledge to another up towards the communications room. The swings were the trickiest he had made yet with his bionic arm. He was concentrating so hard on the momentum that he didn't see a bad soldier guarding one of the ledges until he was right on top of him. Pow! Jack decked the soldier right before he had time to even raise his gun. Jack stepped over his body and suddenly felt the floor drop out from under him. A trap door. He went into a free fall past the ledge he had worked so hard to climb. Finally, he grappled on to one of them and began working his way back up. Fifteen ledges and ten bad soldiers later, Jack found himself inside the communications room. He flicked on the orange communicator, signaled his call code, and stared at the monitor, wondering whose face would show up. 
Jack. Glad to to see you made it okay. Hey, M8. It's been a long time. Jack grinned at the face of his old buddy from this mission to Egypt. They had crossed a desert on a camel together and survived by eating mice and bugs. It didn't get much worse than that. So, like, you're here to, to find the rocket gun, Jack, M8 said, suddenly very down to business. It's, uh, yeah, it's like near the exit at the top of the next tower. But, 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 but be careful, be careful. Kilt's got some, some, like, unmanned killer copter things guarding the area. They'll, they'll, they'll blow you away if you don't get to them first. I hear you, M8. Thanks for the warning, Jack said. He flicked the communicator into eavesdrop mode and watched the monitor flicker from M8's face to a pock-marked face of one of the Kilt commanders. The Federation spy has infiltrated Stage 5, Hand! He said. Jack clenched his teeth at the hand's slimy face appeared on the monitor. Call out the the killer copters. The hand ordered. Jack Markson must die now. Kilt is beginning to 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 doubt my strategies. There must be no doubts. No. Hesitations. At last, the the world must know my power. Surely you mean the kilt's power? The commander interrupted. Uh, Of course. That's exactly what I meant. The hand snapped. Kilt is the the, the, the all-powerful. Jack flicked off the communicator in disgust. He wished he could meet the hand on one of the dark ledges and and punch him into tomorrow. But for now, the hand was in control, and Jack had to get moving. Fast. He ran from the communications room and began to ascend the next tower. Trapdoors were even trickier, and Jack was having to focus all of his concentration on avoiding them. Halfway up the tower, he heard the rhythmic beat of a chopper blades coming towards him. Whipping out his wide gun from his back, he trained it on the black night above him. The killer copters were flying without lights, probably using sensors to detect his body. Jack pulled a flare bomb from the commando jacket and flung it up into the air. It burst into a blaze of lights, illuminating Four unmanned choppers all heading towards the hiding place. Jack set the wide gun against his shoulder and fired off a round of ammunition to the sky. He listens one, two, three, four choppers crashed down along the tower into the concrete below. Then he quickly grappled up the remaining ledges to the communications room. It didn't take long for him to find the rocket gun in another wall safe and carry it up to the rooftop. Jack signaled to his chopper, waiting for him to go on autopilot. As he heard it whirl down to pick him up, the entire sky was suddenly flooded with a glare of searchlights. Jack stumbled forwards, blinded by powerful beams. He heard the hand's voice boom out from a loudspeaker that echoed off the tower. 
prepare to d d die, Markson. It it's the end of the game for you. Jack gripped the rocket gun with his hands. He heard the whine of more killer copters circling down around him. Swinging around in a circle, he blasted away with the rocket gun. He didn't even have time to look up. He fired his grappling hook straight into the air, hearing it snap as the chopper's landing rail. He pulled himself up to the cockpit door. Seconds later, the gas tank of the killer copters exploded into a huge ball of fire. Flames were licking at Jack's heels as he slid into the pilot's seat and pushed the speed lift button. Jack looked down at stage five through the window of his chopper, watching the wreckage below burn in like a torch into the night. That had been a close one. The exposed skin of his face and hands stung with flash burns from the exploding gas. The burns needed medical attention, fast, and Jack knew exactly where to get it. Heather was a doctor as well as a first-rate spy. Before they parted, she had instructed him to contact her on Stage 16, another neutral zone, after the Stage 5 mission was over. Jack remembered the name of San Pedro, a village where the Federation had contacts. He punched the coordinates into the copter's computer, and he put in a call to Heather. He never saw the tiny metal half-inch screw that sliced through the bottom of the chopper as yet another gas tank exploded on the ground. He never felt the blow as it ricocheted off the control panel and struck him in the forehead, knocking him unconscious. He never heard the sound of Heather's voice as it crackled over the radio. Jack? C can you hear me? Jack? To be continued. Game hint. The proper order to win is level 1, 13, 4, 15, 5, 16, 2, 3, 6, 14, 8, 9, 17, 7, 18, 10, 11, and finally 12. And now, an open letter to J.B. Stamper, author of Bionic Commando. Dear J.B. Stamper, Oh my god, that was a lot of numbers to spring on us just at the very end of that chapter there. I mean, for a few seconds there, I thought I was Locke punching in codes in a hatch on Lost Island. So let's see here. Uh, you, you've just got done with level 5, and we're off to level 16. So uh, let's just see how far we are uh, using the, the game hint. Right, let's open up the book here and find it. Alright, so there's level 5 and it says here that the next level is 16. Alright, so that means there's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 12. 12 more levels? Oh, that can't be right, can it? We only have 50 more pages left in this book. How can you possibly fit 12 more levels into this thing? Do I smell a montage coming up? If we're really going to go through that many levels, then you're going to have to cut some of the ridiculous boss battles out, like the octopus and that giant man-eating plant creature thing. And I love how convenient it is that Heather just so happens to be the spy and a doctor. This, this wasn't even hinted at before, but all of a sudden this nugget of information is introduced at just the right time. 
it, it sort of makes me wonder if if she would be anything else if the plot had required it. Like, well, let's let's say that uh, let's let's rework this quote a little bit. You know, like those those burns needed a good dose of inappropriate humor. Heather was a stand-up comedian and a spy. Or, or what about? Heather was a pie maker and a spy. See, that's no more more ridiculous than what you have here, but but at least, you know, you would have been eating some delicious pies. And while we're on the subject of ridiculous things, I'm pretty sure I've heard Jack's desert story before. Maybe all of these silly flashbacks are just starting to run together or something, but there's something awfully familiar about that. Let's see here. Jack and his co-worker go across the desert on a camel eating bugs and bickering. Wait. No, wait. That's not familiar. That's Ishtar. Seriously, guys. Ishtar wasn't good for anybody involved with it. The, the last thing you want to do is, is have a similar experience. I, I guess I should just be happy that they haven't started referencing Howard the Duck or something. But, you know, actually, there's still a bunch of chapters left. They, they could do that. Hey, hey, Judith, you never actually played the Bionic Commando game, did you? See, I-, I know this because you seem to think it's really easy for Jack to climb up those incredibly difficult levels without a problem. Oh, oh sure, you you know, you have him fall to his death in this in this level, but, you know, basically that's the first real peril he's been put in, and, and even that wasn't that scary. If you had played Bionic Commando, then you would have devoted at least 200 pages having him have to retry jump after jump, getting more and more frustrated as the minutes turn into hours. I, I'm telling you, the game is, is mighty hard. It's a lot harder than you're making it out to be. Well, anyway, that, that's just about all the time I have here. Let's, you know, I'll, I'll be back next week with another exciting episode of Bionic Commando. I, I can't wait to see uh, how you're able to fit those those 12 j- uh, levels into, into six chapters. It's, it's going to be amazing. Anyway, until then... Yours truly, Sir LaShawn.